When was the last time you were triggered? I'm not just talking about the triggers that, well, are your cravings or lead to emotional eating, sleepless nights, and that extra glass of wine or two at the end of a long, stressful day. I'm also talking about the triggers for self-care habits, the ones that create deep health and make lasting weight loss inevitable. And mastering your triggers, what I affectionately call interoceptive fidelity, requires awareness, attunement, and alignment. So awareness of what your body is actually telling you, those signals it's sending. Attunement, as in an accurate interpretation of what's needed. And then alignment, where you're taking action that meets both your short-term and long-term goals. So these are incredibly valuable skills to develop and ones that I'll be talking about in today's podcast. So let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang, and this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So if you want to find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health, and feel empowered to live the life you want, you're in the right place. Episode number 137. Well, hi there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is Labor Day weekend and I am putting the finishing touches on my training materials for the live training, Mastering Your Triggers, that's coming up this Tuesday and Thursday. So this podcast becomes available if you're listening to it on Monday, September 5th, which is Labor Day, so happy Labor Day. Hopefully you had a wonderful holiday weekend and you're thinking about the week ahead. And well, it's September now, so for a lot of folks, there's also this idea around the kids back in school. Even if you don't have kids, we still have that trigger of it's back to school, it's a new season, fall's getting ready to start. When I owned the health club, we always had the fall for fitness challenge. So a lot of resetting going on right now. A lot of recommitting to maybe that resolution that you made back in January. And if that's the case, I have a question for you. This is part of what's been going on as I've been preparing for this training, which by the way, if you're listening to this and you haven't signed up for it yet, I encourage you to go to my website, moxie-club.com. There's a link there at the very top of the page that you can click on to register. Or you can just go straight to the website, which is moxie-club.com slash stickyhabits. All one word, lowercase. (laughs) Anyway, so in preparing for this training, again, it's called Mastering Your Triggers. 
The question I have for you that I would like you to think about is, when was the last time you were triggered? And notice when I say that, where does your brain go? Do you go to maybe the last time you had a really stressful day? Or maybe it was just this past weekend around certain people, you got triggered as in it was a negative experience of some sort. And then you had a routine that you turned to to deal with it. Your coping mechanism, if you will. So if when you get triggered, you wind up turning to food. If you think of yourself as an emotional eater, as an example, or that glass of wine at the end of a long day, maybe that glass turns into two or three, or maybe the whole bottle. I don't know. No judgment here. All I am looking at is when I say, when was the last time you were triggered, you notice that you went toward the negative. And what I would hope that you can actually do when I talk about mastering your triggers is understand that triggers can be very neutral. You can use them for good or for evil, just like a superpower. So becoming aware of your trigger, think about it this way. When your alarm clock goes off in the morning and you hear that sound, is that a trigger? Absolutely. It either gets you to roll over and hit the snooze button or gets you to jump out of bed and get going. And then chances are you have a morning routine. So that time of day becomes a trigger. That sound is a trigger. And what we want to do is mastering our triggers means that we want to become aware of the trigger itself. What is getting the ball rolling for whatever routine we've put in place. So when you look at what I'm talking about, that's basically a habit. A habit consists of a trigger or a cue, a routine, and then a reward. So in the case of your morning routine, the reward is probably, well, and we build in some mini ones in there. You take a shower, you feel better. You use the bathroom, you feel better. <laughs> We're meeting some basic biological needs here. You have your morning cup of coffee and you like the taste and then you also get that little energy boost. That's a reward. I would suggest if, say, drinking more water is a goal that you have, is a new habit you want to create, you can use pouring yourself that cup of coffee as a trigger for then pouring yourself a glass of water. And start drinking that water before you actually take a sip of coffee. If that's a goal, if drinking more water is a goal, that would be a great one. So in the book, Atomic Habits by James Clear, and the book that preceded it, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, they identify five primary trigger categories. I'm gonna present those, and then I actually want you to think about some other triggers that you may have that they don't actually talk about. And so the first one they talk about is time. So at a particular time, lunchtime, what do you do? 
just the word. If I said it's noon and you say, oh, it's lunchtime, chances are then you start figuring out what you're gonna have for lunch or you skip it, but you make a decision there as to whether or not to follow through on that routine. The second cue would be location. So in this case, location might be you walk into your kitchen, you open the fridge, and you see um, a container of fresh cut watermelon. Very convenient, easy for you to grab and eat. Versus a plate of chocolate chip cookies on your countertop. Now, if you had one or the other and you were hungry, which one would you grab? Even if you weren't hungry, they probably both can be appealing. Versus if you open the fridge and you see a pitcher of lemonade or a cold can of Coke or Pepsi or Sprite or whatever your, your favorite soft drink is. So when I say location, I want you to think in terms of environment, what's within easy reach. At the same time, and, and if you're trying to, let's say, eat a bit healthier and not drink as much sugary soft drinks, then having that cold Coke in the fridge is basically an obstacle to you doing that. Now you have to resist that, which is a whole nother topic that I'm going to save for a future podcast. So location is the second one. The third one that they identify is a preceding event. So if you think about when, for those of you who had blackberries, remember when that red light started blinking, telling you you had a new email? What was the routine? You couldn't help but check your blackberry to see if you got a new, new email. So same thing is going on now with Facebook and Instagram. If you see that little notification, it's really, really easy to go and check what's going on with that. Proceeding event is also the example I gave about using that cup of coffee as a trigger to pour yourself a glass of water. So that would be number three. Number four, they identify an emotional state. So this is what I was talking about earlier when I talked about when you're feeling stressed. What do you end up doing? And then number five is other people. So when I say other people, other people are part of the environment too. But there are certain people that you probably associate certain activities with. I have some people that I think of when I go shopping. I have other folks when I think about going out for dinner, as an example. Or working out, if you have a particular person that you associate with going for walks or going to the gym. And I don't drink, but Matt does, so I know he has folks that are fishing buddies and drinking buddies, boating buddies. And then for the parents out there, you have play dates. So there are specific people that when you see them, there are specific activities that go along with that person. So when you're talking about what triggers you, now I want you to think about, instead of going looking outside, I actually want you to look within. So in preparing for this live training, when I talk about mastering your triggers, 
I've identified three things. Awareness, attunement, and alignment. So when I say awareness, I'm talking about being aware of what it is that's prompting or spurring the routine. And it could be an urge. So what is the trigger or the cue that's getting the ball rolling? And then attunement is understanding and interpreting what it means and how you want to respond. So attunement means not just the awareness, but the awareness of like the strength of the signal. So here's another example of a trigger when you feel hungry. So awareness would say, I'm hungry. Attunement is saying, well, how hungry am I? Are you a little bit hungry or are you a lot hungry, like hangry? Is your stomach growling? Is your energy lower? Maybe you're feeling a little cold. Maybe you have a headache. Versus are you comfortably full? Are you a little full, comfortably full, or are you stuffed? And if you're stuffed, I'm wondering, why don't you stop eating earlier, right? Those are sort of questions that come up when I hear that. So attunement would be recognizing the signals in your body and being able to interpret them correctly. Like, oh, this means that I'm actually getting pretty hungry, or this means that I'm getting pretty close to being full. Why am I still eating? Or I'm getting pretty full, I can stop eating now. So if in response to that feeling of being comfortably full as opposed to stuffed, you already stopped eating, great. That would be alignment. And see, attunement gives you at least the opportunity to respond appropriately. If you can't even recognize that you're hungry until you're hangry, until you're short-tempered and you're snapping at someone, and then someone says, when was the last time you ate? We want to work on that awareness and attunement. Now, if I was, wasn't hungry to begin with and I started eating, we got to ask some more questions. So that's attunement. Attunement is recognizing how strong or weak that signal is. And then alignment would be to respond in a way that meets both your short-term and your long-term goals. So the reward of having eaten and being comfortably full, when you get used to that sensation, when you tune into that, that's actually a beautiful feeling to be able to recognize because then you can go about the rest of your day. There's no need to be so stuffed that you're uncomfortable. Why put ourselves through that? So when I talk about mastery, again, there's awareness, attunement, and then alignment. Now, attunement is where I see a lot of folks between awareness and attunement. There's a lot of struggle there, especially when it comes to weight loss. If, if you've been a professional dieter, 
someone who has tried all the different ones. If you can tell me what the calories or the point value something is supposed to be, chances are you have a history of dieting. And so that awareness and attunement has gotten, has gotten, um, what's the best word to, to use to describe that? You've actually ignored it for so long that you actually have a hard time hearing it, paying attention to it. So part of awareness is becoming more attentive. So once you're able to become aware and attuned, then now we work on alignment. Now we say, okay, is what I'm about to do, whatever that routine is, is it in line? Does it align with my long-term goals? And being able to change the routine so that in the moment, you can actually choose the path that makes the most sense for you. That's what alignment is about. It's doing the things as opposed to not doing the things that you know will get you closer to your goals. And then, of course, mastery requires a process. It requires setting some goals. It also requires deliberate practice. And it requires feedback. So if you've been struggling with those triggers that cause emotional eating, if you are trying to overcome cravings, if you want to lower your stress or embrace that good stress, if you want to sleep better, then I encourage you to sign up for Mastering Your Triggers. If you want to figure out how to use triggers to create new habits or tweak some old ones, let go of some old ones, this is a training for you. So exactly what will I be doing? I'm going to be walking you through several exercises to really help you get a better feel to develop that set of skills of awareness, attunement, and alignment. So when it comes to awareness, I'm going to be walking you through like a mind-body scan. For attunement, there is a specific five-step process that we'll be using to really make sure that that we are accurately interpreting what our body is telling us and we know how we want to respond to it. And then for alignment, we're going to be going through an exercise to make sure that the plan that we have in place aligns our short-term goals with our long-term goals. So if you're listening to this podcast and it's the week of September 5th when this first drops, go and sign up for the masterclass. So again, it's taking place September 6th and 8th. It's happening at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And there will be the replays available if you can't make it live. Of course, I would love for you to attend live because I'll be doing some coaching as well. And I just think you get more out of it if you're fully present 
and you're able to, let's say if you have a question, you can ask it at the time as opposed to having to ask it later or forgetting that you had the question, you keep listening, and then I lost you somewhere along the way. So there's so much goodness in attending live, all right? Hopefully, I've made the case for why attending this training would be really beneficial for you. And then, of course, if you can't make it live but you've registered, then the replays will be available. I'm not gonna be hitting everyone up on my email list, for example, with those replays and links, okay? And what else do you need to know? So if you have any questions, feel free to find me on Instagram, send me a DM, that's at Habit Whisper, or you can send me an email, that's amy at moxie-club.com. And lastly, I just really want you to know that I am so looking forward to this. You have no idea how excited I am. <laughs> it's been a while since I've actually been this excited about all the new things that I've learned that I want to share with you that really make the process so much easier than it's ever been before. And I had gotten it to the point where it was pretty easy. But over this past year, I've really honed in on what that specific thing is that you need, all right? So again, the training is happening this Tuesday and Thursday, September 6th and 8th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And again, to sign up, all you have to do is go to moxie-club.com and on the homepage, you can click to the link where you can save your seat at the live training. All right, so I'm gonna wrap things up today with a quote by Mahatma Gandhi. Happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember... Making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.